Welcome to the Texas Home Improvement Super Podcast with Jim Dutton. All the best calls this week throughout the state of Texas. Brought to you by James Hardy Siding, the best siding on the planet. Hi, I was calling to see about a light switch plate that's loose. And I was wondering if I can take it off and try to tighten it or if I need an electrician. Well, if it's just a plate, there should be two screws on it that you tighten down and the plate is tight. Is it the switch behind it that's loose? I'm not really sure, but one of them, it's just the plate. The whole thing just moves when you turn the light on and off. The other one, it's the switch itself. Something hit it, and now it won't turn on and off, and it's just the plate is secure but the switch itself is funny. Okay, so you probably have to replace the switch. Uh, you know, honestly, that is something most people can do themselves. When you take, you know, there's two screws on the plate. If it's just a single switch type plate. If there's uh-huh. two switches, four switches, however many, that's how many two sets of screws there will be. Uh, if the plate is loose, just tighten those two screws that you see from the outside. It uses a flathead screwdriver. That will uh-huh. be the end of it. If you your switch is bad, take those two screws out, and behind there you will see two more screws that actually hold the switch in place. Now, shut all the power off to, uh, to that switch to make sure you're not going to get electrocuted or anything, but you can take those two screws out, pull the switch out, have another switch ready to install, and just move the wires from one switch to the other, Plug okay. it back in, and you're fine. There's only typically going to be three wires if it's a single switch. And um, it's really not difficult to put them on, and you'll see that as soon as you pull it out. If you're not comfortable doing that, though, by all means, just have an electrician come out and do it. You, you know, you're usually not looking at that much, uh, uh, maybe a, a 100 bucks or so to have them come out and do it. Okay. Thank you, Jim. You're welcome, Janet. You take care. Bye-bye. And with that, I'm going to jump back into an email question. This came from Terry, and uh, she says, Heat reflective paint stains. I'm going to stain my brick home, but just found out about a heat reflective paint and stain. Is it true that you can save over 20% on energy bills? Reduce heat from the bricks and mortar. Is it worth the price difference? Well, Honestly, you didn't give me the price difference, so I can't say if it's worth it or not. Uh, There are products available that will reflect the heat and does help with your energy consumption. Uh, Depending on the efficiency of them will determine, you know, is it worth the extra money. The other thing, though, that you got to put into that calculation is how long are you going to stay in the house? The longer you're going to stay in the house the more likely it is that it's going to be worth doing. But if you're only going to be in the house for, say, a year or two, no, typically those kind of products aren't worth putting in because it's not going to increase your resale. Despite what the sales guy might tell you, it's not going to increase your resale. The second thing, uh, you know, figure out what your energy bill is. And let's say you're saving 20%. Okay, you're running a... Huh. 
a twenty-five, a $250 a month bill, electric bill for air conditioning. And so you save 20%. That's 50 bucks a month. If the increase is $500, okay, 10 months, you got your savings. But typically we're talking a couple thousand dollars. So that's the reason you got to look at how long are you going to stay in the house uh, on whether it's worth doing or not. And, that, and that's really all it comes down to is the calculations as far as what you're going to save. And, you know, typically when somebody says you're going to save 20%, you're usually not going to save that full 20%. It, it's usually a number far less than that. Uh, you know, do, do, are there some cases where you can save that much? Absolutely. But it's not the norm. Fred in Dallas, how can I help you? Hey, how's it going? Going great. How about you? Pretty good. I'm enjoying your show and all the information that that I've been hearing. Um, I had a question about uh, what's your thoughts on, on crawl spaces. I heard you talk about it a while back, and uh, I have a old a parent being home, and uh-huh. uh, I was thinking about putting a, a plastic down, like a vapor barrier, and... Um, and I went under and took a look under there and noticed this mold is growing everywhere. And I think, and I, and I noticed the ventilation is not very good under there right now. And so I took all of, uh, covers off the vents to try to let it air out. But, uh, I've been thinking about yeah. putting mold bombs under there. What you think well, about that? Th- the first thing I will tell you is don't ever cover the vents up. That's the reason it's, it's getting all moldy is because the vents are there to let the air circulate and keep the humidity levels from g- going too high. A lot yeah, of times people them think, well, they, they can... That's what I did. Yeah, but, but uh, you caused the problem when you did it. Oh, and, okay. and And so, yeah, they need to be left open. You know, the temperature difference that, that happens underneath a crawl space home with the vents open versus closed is so minor, it's really not going to make a big difference on... on on it uh get, oh, get some okay. slippers i i you know, they'll, they'll make fun of me because I'll, I'll talk about it. i wear fuzzy slippers when i'm doing the show a lot of times to keep my toes uh, nice and warm and if you're on a pier and beam block and base home you want to have slippers to to wear in the house to keep your feet warm uh but as far as you know once you start building the humidity levels like you're talking about you got two choices now, how old is this home? I was built in 62. So, you know, it sat there for decades without having an issue. So one of your options is to just install a fan. They make fans that fit in those vents and oh, okay. blow air out from underneath. And what that does is it sucks new air in through the other vents and you discharge it out one of the vents. Don't blow air under the home. Only suck air out from under the home because if you blow the air okay. in, it pressurizes in there and can push some of that air up into the living space. But oh, by putting a fan okay. that blows the air out, you're drawing clean air in. That'll start dropping that humidity level drastically underneath that home. Uh, your okay. other option is to do, like you said, encapsulate the soil with plastic and all that stuff. But even if you do that, if you close up the vents, 
you're still going to have that same problem. So uh, yeah. personally, and, and, and again, that house sat there for all these decades without having the issue. I think if you'll open up the vents, put one of those fans in the uh, vent to blow the air out, you'll be fine and won't have to do anything else with it. Yeah, I, I actually noticed, I've, I've, like I said, during the ice storm, that's when, when we got down to zero or whatever it was, I, I had it, you know, I covered them all up. I got these little metal yep. plates that I put on them and I had them. And I just realized, like, last week, and I was like, wait a minute, I still got all the plates on. And so all that time, they've oh, been yep. on. So now, then I saw the mold under there, and I was like, oh, no. So Yeah, uh, in that shorter that time period, it, it's, not enough that, it's not enough that's going to uh, kill the wood and, you know, make it where you got to replace it all. But if you leave that go for just a couple years, it'll destroy the underneath of that house. Wow. Now you can you you asked about the mold bombs, you can do that uh, if you'd like, um, but honestly, I don't think I would bother. Okay, so pretty much just changing the air and keeping it open, yep. pretty much. Is, yep. Okay. Yeah, and what kind of fan do I need to get? Uh, they make one specifically for the crawl spaces that fit right into that. Uh, you do it yourself, guy. Yes. Oh, yeah. Very okay. much. <laughs> go on. Do you do you go on Amazon? Yeah. Go on to Amazon on the search bar. Just put crawl space fan. Okay, I'll do that. It, it, it'll it'll come up, and they're really not not all that expensive, uh, and it'll have you'll get get one that has the humidistat, so it reads the humidity levels. Uh, once the humidity level gets down where you want it. And the temperature is down; it'll automatically shut the fan off. Oh wow! Okay, okay, I look into that. I install them all the time uh, for people. You know, I do West Foundation Repair. That's one of the services we do is crawl space homes, and ventilation is a oh, really? big factor on on these uh, crawl space homes. Oh, okay, okay, okay. All right, thank you so much. You bet. You take care. Uh huh. Bye bye. James in Dallas, how are you today? Well, I'll make it for an old man. How about yourself? <laughs> well, you don't sound like you're any older than I am, so I guess I'm doing okay too. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm I'm in my mid sixties, but uh, uh, yeah, well, I'm gonna ask you a, a dumb question. I guess a six year old could answer. I've got the, my outlets on the outside of my house, my electrical outlets. Mm-hmm. They won't work. They won't work. Now your call screener told me. That it, you know, check and see if they're grounded. Well, heck, I don't know much about electricity, and I don't want to fry my butt, you know, trying to find out without sure. uh, maybe an expert opinion. Yep. Um, and so uh, I told him, I said, well, I don't want to bother Jim. If it's as simple as that, he said, no. He said, go ahead and ask him. He does this for a living, and he might say something that I don't know about. So uh, that's that's why I'm calling you. Well, not not to mention the fact that I need to talk to somebody. Otherwise, I'm sitting here talking to myself all day. So, well, yeah, as long as you talk to yourself, you'll never be alone. You'll never yeah. have be without a friend. Well, let me ask you a question. Uh, yeah, did they work before and now they don't work? No, they, you know, I not the first time I tried them, they didn't work. But okay. I just haven't needed to use them until uh, now. I'm doing some. 
uh, work around the house. My house is just it's roughly ten years old, but uh, I've just really started trying to uh, do some stuff around there, sure. and uh, I've discovered that they won't work. And I've just been plugging, you know, into plugs on the inside of my house. So, okay, um, maybe I, you can share some things with me. I I I can, uh, but I I got to ask you a question because uh, if you've been there ten years, are you are you married? My wife passed away October the 13th, 2013, and it's, it's just me. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I'm sorry to hear that, but that explains a lot, because I was wondering how you got away with not putting Christmas lights up and using those outside plugs all this time. Well, <laughs> when you get to be my age, you already, you've been knowing for a long time who Santa Claus is. <laughs> <laughs> well... <laughs> the first thing to check, uh, especially since it's a ten-year-old house, uh, have you checked the G- the it's GFI modular, buttons it's, on it's, it's all of modular, them? It's a modular house, United Built Homes out of uh, um, out of Shreveport, Louisiana, built the home. Um, okay, and and so if you know anything about some of these contractors out here, you might know the kind of work they do. I'm not trying to rub yeah. the face in the dirt, but you know, I'm not a home builder yep. either. Well, the but first thing to check what? is the is the is the GFIs, and you know that's oh. Oh, on an okay. outside plug. Uh, there's going to be a button on at least one of them because they'll typically run in a series, and at least one of them is going to have the buttons that you got to reset the GFI on. Oh, and okay. almost that's a, that's always. That's a little, that's a little yep. button that you push in. You just press it in, and it clicks. Right. Yep. Okay. Yes, sir. I know what you're talking. About. I know what and, you're talking about. And. Almost always, that's all it is. Now, it won't necessarily be outside, though. Sometimes it's in the garage. Sometimes it's in the bathroom. But outside plugs are required to have it, and a 10-year-old house would have been built with it that way. And so I'm betting that's what it is. Now, on some of the newer homes that are newer than 10 years even, they actually have it on the breaker panel itself as well. When you open up the breaker box, you'll see they've got a a test button where it can flip the the breaker as well. And so it can be there, but 99% of the time, that's all it is, is that GFI on one of the plugs outside. Okay, sir. Well, I appreciate you, and I want you to have a great day. You as well. Take care. Trish in Dallas sends in, what size generator will handle just a fridge and a few lamps? You know, it really does not take a huge generator and if you think about it this way a an RV you know like a travel trailer you can run even the air conditioner and the lights and everything with a you know a 4000 generator so if all you're doing is the refrigerator and uh, a few lamps and stuff just get you one of those those little you know, 2,500 generators, and that's usually all you're going to need, and that, that'll take good care of you. They're inexpensive to run. Now, I will tell you, my biggest issue I had when the freeze came and I was using that portable generator to keep heats going, you know, because let's face it, none of us had good consistent power, was the fact that I had to go fuel it up every four hours. And I got to the point where I stretched it to four hours and 15 minutes, at four and a half hours, it ran out of fuel. 
So four and a, four hours and fifteen minutes was the max. Uh, the the type I have personally is a champion, and I've got it at uh, oh Camping World. They're they're yellow, and the reason I I went with one like that is it's designed to run an RV, so it gives a little bit smoother, cleaner power to run the air conditioning systems. And it has electric start on it, a real simple system to to use, and I was sure glad I had it when the freeze came. We're going to go over to Richmond, and Tom has an attic temperature issue. He says, where is the proper place to check the attic temperature? Should it be high, up by the rafters, in the middle, or down low? Thanks. You know what? There is no proper place. You just check it wherever you want to check it. Um, the attic actually gets hot enough. It really don't matter where you check it. Outside, uh, it matters because direct sun is going to be a lot different than in the shade. Uh, in an attic, yeah, if you've got the sun beating on a section of the attic, um, it's it's going to be a little hotter when you get up close to the decking. But in general, it's not going to make a huge difference. Not enough to worry about where you're checking it at. So just where, wherever you are able to check it is the place to check it. From Joe in Sanger, and he says, I was given a small deck that is only about three years old, but was never treated. And, and the person that made it did not pre-drill before screwing it together. So it is in pretty bad shape with splinters and cracks. I was going to use Ready Seal, but now I'm wondering if another thick product to cover imperfections might be better. Can you recommend a product due to high cost of lumber? I'd like to save the small deck if possible. Thanks for your suggestions. Well, you know, I'm, I'm obviously not seeing the uh, cracks and stuff, but three years old, uh, I, I just have a hard time believing it's going to be in super bad shape. If it's been exposed for the three years, what I would recommend first is let's uh, pressure wash it to clean it up well. Uh, you may have to use a, a little bleach and water mix to take all the grain out of it, uh, you know, because as wood ages out there, it turns gray. Uh, then beyond that, if it does have some splinters and things like that, uh, you may want to just hit it real quick with a sander since it is a small deck. And then go ahead and ready seal it. You know, where you see the little cracks, like where a screw maybe went in and, and split it just a, a little bit, the ready seal will, will soak down into that, sealing it from taking on moisture as well. So, I, I'll be honest with you, decks are not typically pre-drilled. You use a deck screw that is self-tapping that screws down in there, and that's really all you do. So... Uh, a three-year-old deck, I have a really hard time believing it's it's going to need one of those thick coats in order to uh, uh, cover up these cracks and such. But keep in mind that once you do put one of those type of coatings on, your deck is pretty much at the end of its life because you can't put that coating on very often before it's built up so much. Uh, it it's just looks like heck. So... You really don't want to put that on early. Uh, 
and on something that doesn't need it. So, like I said, let's let's uh, try to clean it up and put a product on that you can continuously put on every four or five years and keep that deck protected for years to come. Ron, welcome to Texas Home Improvement. Yeah, hey, thank you very much for being patient. So, the situation is, my son has a house, and his swimming pool is recessed in his backyard towards, towards his house. And his neighbor's house, it extends further past the, you know, the edge of his pool. So, uh, what's in, what's, what he hears is the air conditioner unit next door. So, they're limited by a fence that can be no taller than four feet tall. After that, you can grow, you know, whatever vegetation. Is there something that he could put down to kind of help reduce the noise levels or something? Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah, you need something that the, the sound's going to get absorbed by instead of just uh, bouncing off of it. And, um, you know, you got to have something that's going to pretty much grow rapidly. Otherwise, you got to wait too long for it. And something that's going to grow relatively tall. Uh, right. Red red tip ligustrums. Okay. They, they are they are horrible bushes anything? to put next to your home's foundation because they take yeah. as much moisture as a tree. But along a fence line like that, they are great because you can let them grow ten feet tall if you want, um, and and keep them trimmed. But they're dense enough that they do a wonderful job of blocking sound. Well, is there anything that solid that he could put for that first? four foot off the ground you know like they have in the ceilings of some restaurants as noise suppressant yeah but you couldn't use it outside because of the elements yeah and that's pretty much what you're going to find on most things the plants are actually the best thing uh to use for the sound suppressant uh because everything else the the weather just tears it up but i'm, I'm surprised yeah. he can only go four foot he, most I've never heard of any place where four foot. Uh, typically, it's a six foot fence is what they uh, allow. Yeah, it, it's a it's a neighborhood that's on uh, Taylor Lake, so it's a. Uh, I don't know if you're familiar with Clear Lake area, so yeah, you used to live in El Lago. <laughs> oh well, there you go. You've been there, done that. So yeah. <laughs> anyway, so, yeah, that's the problem. He can't replace the fence. All he can do is put thing, something on his side and no taller than what's existing, you know? So it yeah. doesn't become uh, appearance-wise an issue. Hmm. Well, okay, that's, that's solved that mystery. Well, I appreciate you taking my call. I do. You bet. You take care. All righty. Thank you. Bye. You know, there are other plants you can look at. The problem is most of the others that I can think of become very invasive and, and just start growing out from there and you'll never be able to keep them under control. So that's that's the reason I would recommend the, the red tip. They, they grow fast and they do a great job of uh, holding things down that way. This email came in from Donald and Dennison. 100-year-old house with no insulation in walls or attic. New 5-ton unit. High sear with all new ducts, all new insulated windows, high attic with flooring and high roof 
Uh, temp in attic is 170 to 190. Unit is cooling house, but just cooling. I would like to your advice on installing a swamp cooler in attic to lower temp a little in summer to relieve stress on system. Okay, that's a myth. It's not going to relieve any stress on the system. The cooling is done with the unit outside. That's where the compressor is. That's where the cooling takes place. The unit upstairs is nothing more than a fan that's circulating the air through the ductwork. And so it really doesn't do anything to lower that temperature in the attic. Uh, just don't worry about it. Uh, it'll take care of itself. If you want to make the house where it's going to cool better and, uh, and everything, insulate the attic. Take a, uh, you're in the uh, Denison area. Take a look at Milo Insulation. Great product. And you may want to take a look at foam in the walls. They make a non-expansive foam that can be retrofitted into the walls. Just a reminder, it's a huge help if you subscribe to, rate, and review the podcast. It helps people find us. Email comes from Joe in Dallas. He says, good afternoon, Jim. Hope all is well. Uh... I listen to your show just about every Saturday and Sunday and always learn something worthwhile. You spoke with a gentleman concerning a sinkhole in his front yard. You scheduled a visit to his home last Monday. I was just curious as to what was discovered about the cause and the correction methods. Sincerely, Joe. Well, Joe, actually uh, the city came out on that particular project and filled the hole in. Um, but they didn't do anything to figure out what was causing the hole. And this hole had been filled in a few times already. So I really wasn't able to do anything with it yet. My suggestion was going to be, if we didn't see anything else, dig down just a little bit and see what's down there. Because what I'm really suspecting is there's some type of drain line down there that has a, leak, a hole in it. And that's what's, uh, you know, causing the issue. Um, and you just never know. I mean, even though there's not supposed to be a pipe there, there very well could be. I, I was doing a house one time uh, that's, that was in uh, Carrollton. And on the corner of the house, we hit something solid. We dug down, and uh, we were installing piers, pilings. And when we dug down, what we found was a flat piece of concrete. Broke a little hole into it. It turned out it was a square culvert under the home. Wasn't supposed to be there. And when we got checking into stuff, when the neighborhood was built, the pipe was put in the wrong place and then a house built on top of it. So stuff does happen that's not supposed to happen, and I really think that's kind of what we're going to be dealing with on on that house with the uh, with that sinkhole, because it wasn't a huge sinkhole, but it's it sounded like uh, something like that taking place. In fact, I had a situation like that on my own home one time, not where I'm living now, but uh, actually when I lived here in Pasadena, I had a swimming pool that. Uh, my understanding was, and, and I know that there is a culvert pipe that ran alongside it, uh, that had developed a hole one time, got a sinkhole going, and actually broke the end of the pool off where it, it had to be repaired. So, yes, it does 
it does happen. This is from Scott in the Colony. I put in the foundation watering system you have on YouTube. My only question is how far should I turn the spigot on? Full blast, half, quarter turn. Thanks for your help. You turn it on all the way. And, and the reason for it, you've got, if you followed the instructions, you've already got a pressure reducer on there that will reduce the city pressure from the 55 to 80, wherever it's at, down to 15 or 20, depending on the reducer you put on. And that allows the water to balance out through the soaker hose. But even if you turn a water spigot on and you only crack it a little bit, once the line fills and you pressurize, it's going to run up to full pressure. So you're, you're really not solving anything by just cracking the, the hose. So turn it on full blast and do all the regulating with the pressure regulator. Now, for everybody else that's uh, listening, if you want to water your foundation, and in Texas you need to water your foundation, what causes foundation problems? The soils, when they dry out, they shrink. When they get wet, they expand again. Well, that movement is what causes foundation problems because each time it goes through those cycles it gets a little bit worse it's impossible to keep a foundation dry all the time but you can keep it moist keep the soils expanded so that's what the foundation watering system does for you you need to give it a little bit of water year-round the biggest mistake people make is they try to only do it during a hot dry summertime uh, and in wintertime, they start shutting them off. Don't do that. It needs a little bit of water every day. And what the instructions that I give you start with is twice a day, 15 minutes each time. And then you have to adjust it according to how much moisture your soil is needing. This isn't a turn it on and forget type thing. You go out and you check it once a quarter by taking a big screwdriver or a piece of rebar or something poke it in the ground and pull it out. If it's moist on the end, perfect. Leave it where it's at. If it's hard and dry and you can't get into it, you turn up and, and water 20 minutes twice a day. If it's getting a, a little sloppy, you know, where you're getting that slurpy sound, hey, cut it back a little bit. Uh, it's, it's just once a quarter, check it and, and make adjustments. But by watering year-round, in the winter months, you're playing catch-up from the summer, and getting the soil ready for next summer because it will be an issue again next summer. You've just heard the best calls and questions from Texas Home Improvement. For more information about our show, go to THIPro.com.